0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: The Stanford Project, Napoleon and Josephine, Vladimir Putin, AR-15s and swastikas. This week's episode on Nicholas Cruz certainly delves into some very unusual topics as we see a very different person to the one we met at the beginning of this case.
0: This is Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer
2: Confessions. Police found 27 corpses. Australia's worst serial killer.
3: Even though I didn't want to get in the car, I
0: had to. With Amanda Howard and
1: Robert McKnight. Hey there, I'm Rob McKnight, and welcome to Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions. Joining me as always is Amanda Howard, true crime author, criminologist, and also known as the serial killer whisperer. Hello, Amanda.
0: Hello, Robert. How are you going?
1: Good, good, good. Now, as we record this, getting closer to your next museum event on October 7, (laughs)
0: was it? That is right. Yep. On October 7 at Parramatta Jail. So it's a whole expo that's going on, but um, I have my special wing, which is all of my serial killer stuff and my death stuff and my JFK stuff and um, all of the weird and wonderful stuff that I continue to collect over the years. Um, So yeah, I've been working hard on that. I'm very exhausted, but we're getting there.
1: (laughs) And, And if you want tickets to that, where do you go?
0: uh just get me on facebook guys i'm sure that there is a link but i have no idea but um if you come to the mwm <laughs> facebook page or okay. twitter or someone i can find you a link because i have no idea because i don't need to buy tickets so <laughs> but just hit me up and 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 i will send you the details i'm sure
1: very professional
0: seamless
1: <laughs> oh my I <laughs> All right. Let's get back into the world of Nicholas Cruz, because as we heard over the last few weeks, Cruz was keen to speak to a psychologist and he was afforded that privilege and they even went one better, having him interviewed by a psychiatrist, which occurred on March 1, 2022. So this is a few years after the shooting on Valentine's Day. Let's get into that. In the room is Dr. Charles Scott with Cruz. Now, there's an additional person on the edge of screen. Now, this is likely a police officer, sheriff's deputy, a prison guard that kind of authority person. They're both wearing masks because this was obviously during the time of COVID and that will hide a fair amount of Cruz's facial expressions and Cruz is also handcuffed. Additionally, there is only the sections that were played for the trial and we begin with Dr. Scott asking about AR-15s.
2: A, what, uh, like, if, if someone knew nothing about guns, how would you explain to them what an AR-15 is? Uh,
3: an AR-15 is a long rifle, uh, and it's uh, used as a sporting rifle.
2: Uh-huh.
3: Uh, it, it shoots in semi-automatic uh, fire, and then there's uh, fully automatic fire. A fully automatic fire is only meant for the military. Uh, no legal person is allowed to get it unless they have a firearms license or something like
2: that. All right, and so again, what's the difference between you know for a complete novice a, between a semi-automatic and a full automatic?
3: Uh, fully automatic is continuous fire. Okay. Yeah, uh, semi-automatic is single fire. So every time you pull a trigger, you only pull once.
2: Okay, so does that mean you have to pull for each time you fire it,
3: or is it do yeah, it on, no, on, no, it, on no. its own? So like that. Okay. Well, in fully automatic, you just hold on as long as possible until the rounds are completely empty. Okay.
1: Wow. This is a very different cruise, Amanda. I know we're four years on, but we've gone from that shocked, terrified and suicidal killer in the interrogations. This guy now is authoritative. He's got this authoritative demeanour about him.
0: Yeah, and this is about if he's crazy or not, you know. So uh, if he was going to play up the demon's card, this was the time to do it. But as you can see, it's not. He is, he is verbose. He is concise. He's happy to uh, talk with um Force, you know, because he knows what he's talking about when it's coming to guns, and this is about them seeing. Does he understand the difference between reality and and fiction? And um, you know, what he did was wrong or right. And, you know, this is how he starts off. Like, this is very early in, in that interview. And for him to sort of go, Oh yeah, this is how you shoot. This is what it does. Um, you know, it's, it's just totally different. When I first heard these first couple of seconds, I was shocked by how he he spoke, you know, Mm -hmm. similar to the guy that we saw, you know, I'm going to be a school shooter, peel, 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 similar to that guy, But it just proves that all of that that happened with Curcio was all just a beautiful act.
1: Was it, though? I just wonder, in that moment, I'm sure he was terrified. I'm sure he was because the consequences of his actions were coming home to roost. The guy's now been in prison for four years, and he's probably had to get hard to, or you know, really harden up to survive prison life, surely.
0: Oh, well he's probably in in holding rather than in Gen pop so I don't think he he really knows what real jail is quite yet um but it, it it's it's you you can't be both of those people so yes he was probably shocked by what he'd actually carried out and what he'd done but that was still an actual remember he would he would play up the grunts and the pulling of the hair and everything but would yeah. stop when whenkirier would speak he went, when he was left alone for four and a half hours by himself in the interrogation room. There was no auditory hallucinations. Nothing was going on. It was all just a beautiful performance. We oh, I agree with that.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. My thinking was that, you know, there, I felt there were times in that interview with Curcio that he did seem genuinely scared, or even the times when he was by himself. We know about the axe and and, and the demon was all bullshit and all that kind of stuff, and I'm sure we're going to go down this path net during this um, chat with the psychiatrist. But I don't know. They're, they're, he's certainly different in his demeanour, and, and that's very evident, especially when you see the video on patreon.com slash MWM Confessions, or of course over at uh, mwm.uscreen.io. io. He's just the way he's sitting is very, very different.
0: Yeah, it is. He he is sitting up straight. Um, there is no longer that fear. Like you know, it's it's. As you said, it has been four years since, since the shooting, since all, all the stuff that happened with, with Curcio, and so he has had to live with her all this time. And, mm. yes, there is definitely re- reality now when there's, you know, the court case going on and hearings and all of that, you know, but it's it, this is the time to play the card. Yeah. This is the time, <laughs> and yeah. he didn't.
1: Yeah, well, this next section is from five hours into the interview. Scott now asks about Cruz's time at school, and more specifically about his JROTC classes. And Cruz's answers, as you will see, are quite chilling. I think 10th, tenth,
2: partially 10th. Tenth. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So you went there, and how big? How many people were in your class? Thirty people at a time. Thirty per class, and a few. In charge, to
3: see, in the morning. Uh, so we have different to names for mooring sessions in JROTC. Uh-huh.
2: Uh,
3: the mooring session I was in first year was really short. There was not that many kids, so we had a chance to speak, get to know one another, build up our confidence with each other.
2: Okay, so was your JROTC was that your first class of the day? Yeah. And that's when you went. And I just want to make sure I got the years right, because you left there uh, roughly when you were you hadn't quite finished the eleventh grade. Is that right? I, I think so. Yeah. And then I was doing it really well in the class in the JRTC. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Who was your teacher? Uh, John Navarro. Okay, and I've never been in a, a Sergeant John Navarro. Uh in a JRTC class. So okay. tell me what happens in a JRTC class. Uh,
3: JRTC is represent is the, the short term definition of JRTC is Junior Officer Training Corps. Okay. It's supposed to make you ready for it to go in the military because that's what I wanted. I wanted to seek a military career in. Uh, in the K-9 unit, if not K-9 unit, then Army Ranger School. So I was trying to learn everything I can about the military. Uh So the first step was to go into GRTC, take the class, learn marksmanship, because I wanted to experience that just to get an idea of what it's like. And uh, I learned a lot.
2: Okay, tell me what you learned about marksmanship.
3: Uh, I learned how to shoot a gun. I learned how to uh, zero in a rifle.
2: What does zero in a rifle mean? I don't know what that
3: means. Uh, It means to shoot dead center or shoot on impact. uh, Where you want to shoot your target, like, see that bottle? Yeah. If you want to shoot the top of that, you're supposed to zero it in, so
2: you keep shooting it until you're able to get the cap off or something like that. That's when you're ready. Okay. What type of training gun or whatever did they Uh, use? We didn't do
3: anything that you see on TV. No? No. Uh, what we did was uh, we sat on a platform, like a little like green thing, and then we set up our rifles. Uh, we found like little things around our arms, and we had some sort of uh air um, pellet gun, which I think functioned on CO two uh, gas. So we had a cylinders in, in it. So uh, we pull back the thing, and they are supposed to put it in the thing that are supposed to let it go, like, and then. Look yep. and it's supposed to hit the target about ten meters. So we set up these like targets ten meters. And there's was it prone, kneeling, and then standing.
2: Okay. And three different three different positions you have to learn. Three positions. Yeah. And so with that particular, uh, how remarkable. did they how did they determine if you were a good or not? You
3: have to shoot a target at ten meters the size of a diamond reporter. Okay. They actually decreased in size over the years. I don't know if it's I heard it's a penny now.
2: Okay. So uh, overall, how did you do as a mark uh, in that class or in that JRTC? Well, I was, in the top,
3: I was in the top one. I was probably the fourth to, no, the third or fourth one from being top in the class. Okay. Uh, the females are a lot better at shooting than men.
2: And that's because?
3: They're just better shooters. Okay. Even the Marines did their own study on that. It's true. They're better shooting than men.
2: Okay, and so uh, anything else you learned in that class? Uh,
3: I learned leadership skills. Uh, I learned... uh,
2: Give me some examples of some leadership skills.
3: uh, Whenever someone's in need, you're supposed to uh, go up to them and make sure they're alright. If someone were to challenge you and fight, you're supposed to walk away from it. Uh, If you're um, marching uh, and someone falls down, you're supposed to uh, help them up. And if someone's uh, having issues with some sort of class,
1: you're supposed to help them out. Okay, I'll just stick up for one of those. what last volunteers. Okay, it's interesting, Amanda. You you said this a moment ago. What we're seeing here is the the arrogance of the guy who was in those videos leading up to the shootings. Um, you know, the way he talked on camera is full of arrogance and boastfulness, and that's what he's doing here. He's using hand movements to show the psychiatrist you know how the guns work and what he learns in these classes there's a lot of bravado here
0: yeah absolutely you know and and he's wanting to be that expert but um the irony oh you're supposed to help your peers if they fall down are oh, you supposed to show leadership skills you're supposed mm-hmm. to walk away from fights you know everything he didn't do so um you know like he doesn't see that that's an issue that, you know, that um, because, you know, people being in the ROTC is not going to make a school shooter. Um, and it literally shows that they're teaching them the responsibility of, of serve and protect basically. And he, he decided to go in the other, other direction, you know, but it's just, it's interesting how, oh you know, such and such did a, 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 a study on females being better shooters and, and all things like this, like, why why is he going into these details except to say, I know stuff that you don't? Because apparently the psychiatrist doesn't know about guns and I'm sure that's not really true. I mean, even I, I know the basics, but I know that he's just trying mm. to um, get Cruz to extemporise on, on the engaging. information that he does have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm.
1: Well, after another small cut in the footage, Cruz goes into detail about the tests he needed to take to get a good job in the military.
2: So tell me about that. I was, you mentioned that earlier this morning. So in
3: order to go into the military and get a good job in the military, you have to score a high on the ASVAB first. The ASVAB is a t-
2: crazy test. Tell me about some of the questions and what it was like, best you remember. Uh,
3: here, so, I can write down something.
2: Okay. Let me take out this piece of paper. I've never taken it, so uh, I don't... It's crazy tough. Okay, give me some examples.
1: Oops. Okay, so... Cruz has just been handed a notepad, so he can write down a number of questions, and Scott will then ask him about them in this
2: next clip. Let me see what you wrote here.
3: Uh, Those are just small examples. It gets really, really complicated and tough.
2: So what is a H2O molecule? What's this right here?
3: What is is a
2: H2O molecule of water? Of water. And what would your answer be to something like that?
3: Uh, Hydrogen, and what was the
2: other one? Helium, I believe. Okay, and then what does this say?
3: Uh, who was Josephine during the ref- French Revolution?
2: And what's the answer to that?
3: Uh, it was Napoleon's ex-wife.
2: And then, and then this
3: last one? Uh, what's the square root of 256? And what's the answer to that? I don't know. Okay, made up.
2: but would these be questions, uh, uh, are these exact questions from that test, or just similar yes, to
3: it? Those are simple questions. I, I can't put,
2: like, okay. give you
3: one. It gets really complicated.
1: Okay, so he is writing down example questions of what would have been in his military tests. Is that what I'm understanding
0: here? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So, yeah, it's, yeah.
1: And he got them all wrong?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, um, uh, H2O is not hydrogen and helium.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Even I know that one. (laughs) It's, I was, like, was okay. going to make a joke. We know it's water, but the problem is if I made a joke and got it wrong, people would think I'm being serious because I'm I'm not that smart. Uh.
0: You know, like, like the square root of two fifty six is sixteen, and I actually know that because I work in fours in my job, and so is the thing I have to I have to know. Um, you know, but he goes in to talk about um, okay. Napoleon and Josephine, and it's weird and wonderful. These are the questions that he he picked up on. You know, but before you know when he's talking to curcio he's saying things like you know i'm dumb i'm stupid i don't need to be here and everything he's not now he's saying yeah i I don't know the answers to some of these because they're really hard but he's showing that he had researched them he had looked at them he had planned on on his career progression if he was to go into the army you know this is him showing that he has those planning skills that that it proves that the school shooting, as we very well know, um, hmm. wasn't like, oh, today I've, I've got the shit's weather, well, I'm going to go and shoot it up. That It was carefully planned. And, the, and it's these sorts of, of points that they look at to say, yeah, this isn't someone who, who um, is off with the fairies and doesn't know what he's talking about. This is someone who, who is concise and, and carefully plans things. And though he may not be the smartest tool in the, in the shed, and thank God he didn't get into the army, um, you know he's he's willing to give it a go, and and it was a focus for him.
3: Mm.
1: Well, Scott continues asking about his schooling and prompts Cruz to talk about his psychology
2: class. Did you ever take any kind of psychology or psychology? Well, yeah, I
3: did take psychology. I actually scored pretty well,
2: okay.
3: and I passed the test too.
2: Okay, and that was at the Dave Thomas campus. OCLC, OCLC, yeah, and so OCLC. And the class,
3: I actually pass any.
2: Okay. What kind of things did they teach in the psychology class?
3: Well, they didn't teach anything. It was just basically they were, we were just doing things on computer.
2: Yeah. What kind of, what kind of topics on the computer were there?
3: Uh, people with mental health uh, passed tests, such as the one where they practiced this test on prisoners and guards. Uh-huh. So basically what happened was uh, there was this test back in, I think, the 80s or 60s, and they had like, a bunch of... Uh, a bunch of uh, inmates become security guards and security guards become the inmates. And it didn't turn out well, actually, uh, the security guards turn against inmates and treat them horribly, which came up with a the theory that uh, if you put someone in a situation and under certain circumstances, they'll abuse that power.
2: Yeah, it's a famous study, actually.
1: <laughs> okay, so he seems like he knows his stuff, Amanda. He's boasted again there about doing really well. <laughs>
0: Sorry, I have to laugh at the way that he just explained the um the Stanford Prison Experiment. It's just um anyone who's done psychology knows about that because it's basically one hundred one that we all. Oh know
1: yes, of course, course. everybody yeah. knows about that. I just didn't bring it up because I wanted to give you the uh, the opportunity to explain <laughs> it.
0: You don't you don't know? That's no, okay. I've never done psychology. It. Well, maybe you should. <laughs> <laughs> I read
1: people very well. Right now, I can tell you're mocking me. <laughs> I don't need some Stanford uh, research paper to tell me that. Thank you very much. I got street smarts.
0: Yeah. Well, true, true. Yep. Streets. Yep. Okay. um it's it's interesting that that the psycho that psychiatrist actually doesn't correct him on that so it's what what he says is kind of right but it's totally wrong because it was university students that they had do this experiment some were guards and some were prison officers uh prisoners and they were brought into the room and this was supposed to go on for several weeks but it didn't because of the abuse of power that did occur and um but
1: that happens in any kind of research that's done that as soon as people obtain the power and there's and there's always a class system you always find that people fall into those roles if there is a hierarchy and see exactly i may not have done psychology but there are things i know about but as soon as you see people put into groups were of the haves and have nots if you like they always fall into those roles and and there is some kind of abuse of power
0: absolutely and and that's what harry was trying to talk about but um it's it's interesting that that the psychiatrist went oh yeah that that's a famous study and kept going but the interest but the more interesting no, i felt that was it, his
1: way of letting him know I know what you're getting wrong, but I'm not going to make a big deal of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because it's not about him Mm. explaining things to to Cruz. But what we also see is that... Cruz is speaking very, very quickly and it's abrupt and it's it's pressured. He's he's trying to sort of make sure that he's heard clear and, and concise. If that's because of of the mask a bit that he wants to make sure he's heard, I don't know. But he's actually making sure that what he's saying is being heard and that he is sort of still being boastful. So, you know, oh yeah, I had to do psychology and we did this and we did the Stanford project and all of this sort of stuff that he it, it's 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 this bravado that we didn't have before that he's trying to now portray himself as smart, intelligent, though not quite mm. as intelligent as he, he may think he is, you know, and that he's there to sort of prove how great he is rather but than you, how broken he should but be.
1: But you think he's feeling
0: pressured here? No, no, pressured speech means that it's not just like, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's uh, He's out there. He's forcing it out. Right. He's, he's, he's projecting. Yeah.
1: I mean, it would make sense if he's feeling pressured because this is this is his chance to show the demons were real and this is his get out of jail free card, isn't it? If he can convince them that he had psychological issues when he did the shooting, so there is pressure here.
0: Yep. Oh, absolutely, but um, I think he forgot. <laughs> yeah. Well, he he hasn't mentioned them yet, so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anyway, the conversation now turns to swastikas, and Cruz has a few interesting and insightful responses.
2: Any uh, time where someone might have thought you were carving a, like a swastika on a table or something like that, my friends told me to do that, and they did it as well. And okay. I did
3: that for attention. And anything that drew swastika or said nasty remarks about the race or gender equality uh-huh. or anything like that was all for attention. Okay. And that magazine, I'm sure you know about it. Uh it was like I had a magazine with a swastika on it. Uh-huh. For my AR. Uh, yeah. I didn't write that at all.
2: Where'd that come from?
3: Jameson Todd uh, asked me if he wanted to uh draw swastika on it. And so I said, sure.
2: Okay, so he, he I
3: didn't drew, think any of it.
2: So he drew the swastika on the magazine. Yeah.
3: We were just chilling out? He said, It's cool if I draw a swastika on your magazine. I said, sure.
2: Okay. And was that magazine used on the day of the offense? Yeah. Okay. Was it left there, like at the at the scene? I'll saw you. Okay.
3: And then I had, and then someone told me I had a swastika on my uh, my, my boot. I, I did do that, but that was uh, for attention.
2: Okay. When did you put the swastika on the boot?
3: Uh, probably a month before, half a month before.
2: Okay. And what kind of attention can you get from having a swastika on you?
3: Uh, negative or positive uh, can be used either way because the Swastika was used uh, Native American as a peace symbol, uh-huh. and then uh, when the Germans uh, saw, I guess they took it up themselves and they made it into a symbolic symbol, which was really stupid because it was a Native American peace symbol. Okay.
2: But when you would put on your shoe for attention, what was what which which of those two was it most likely to kind of connect to or represent?
3: Mostly peace.
1: You. mostly peace that's a very interesting response he also said he did it to get attention but he also made the very pointed note that the shooting had no racial motives behind it amanda
0: yeah it's interesting when 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 people have, have that point that they will not cross you know it's, it's it's like when we did ed kemper many many seasons ago where we talked about him being embarrassed he he, he said he He brushed his hand against one of his victims' breasts and was embarrassed and apologised. The fact that he then took a gun and put it to her head, he wasn't offended by it, but he didn't want this girl to think, oh, that he was being inappropriate. It's weird that they have these distorted thoughts about things and the swastika being mostly peace. That's just a cop-out for him trying to say, you know, he wasn't trying to be big and, you know, trench coat mafia sort of thing. This is about him just trying to say that, oh you know we're all doing it and it wasn't a thing he didn't want this to be seen as a racially motivated crime and he 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 did certainly did not discriminate in his victims you know white black hispanic chinese that there was a whole gamut so it wasn't about um as shooting at, at black kids and as as we know his brother is a person of color so you know i think he wanted to make sure that that is known but then you have to think about, well, if you're doing a, a symbol of hate, regardless about it being mostly about peace, um, with your brother being a person of, of colour, like, you know, don't you think that that was very insensitive to do, even if it was just, you know, for attention?
1: Mm. You know, you mentioned Ed, Ed Kemper, and, and there are two episodes or, or two uh, cases we've done that I've always felt I'd love to go and redo on the video feed because they were before we had the video part of this podcast. Ed Kemper is one of them. And the other one is the cult with Flavor Aid. Um, What was that? (laughs) Jim
0: Jones. Jim
1: Jones. I've I've always (laughs) thought they're the two I'd like to go back and do as a video.
0: Yeah, yeah, I actually have Jim Jones's head just here, actually. That's why I was looking off camera. Of course you so do. So come to the museum. You will see Jim Jones because I will have a life-size Jim Jones there at, at the, the display to get your photo with. So it's a shameless plug, I know. But, um, mm. yeah, I, I think Kemper would be a good one because there is a lot of film of Kemper. Mm. Um, Jim Jones not so much, but I think it's certainly something that we can look at. Once we've done the Kennedy one. Yeah, but
1: they had the video, didn't they? Am I confusing this? And sorry to go on a tangent. Didn't they have video (laughs) of the final um, moments and everything like that?
0: Not Mm -hmm. as far as I'm aware. I know it's a tape recording and he played countless
1: Ah, it's a tape recording.
0: Ah, But um, I know there is some stuff out there. There is some of him preaching that we can probably look at.
1: All right. Well, once again, you've listened in on a production meeting, so let's continue <laughs> with this podcast. Uh, because what we've just heard, that conversation concluded the first day session that Cruz had with Dr. Scott. They The following day, they picked up where they left off with Scott asking about other therapists Cruz may have seen.
2: Uh, any other uh, counsellors that you can remember? You talked about Jared, any yeah, other?
3: There, a woman that uh, wanted me get into chess. There's, and she also wanted me to try to punch pillows to so see if that relieve
2: any stress. Right. Uh, there was also. And did you end up playing chess? No. Yeah. Are you? Uh, can you play? It chess? was. It was in my
3: interest. I, I didn't even play it right. I've only learned that I was playing wrong throughout my years.
2: Okay. And can you play chess now? Not very good at it. Oh yeah. Uh. What are t- uh, tell me what you remember about some of the different names of the chess pieces. What are some of the names? oh we got
3: the rook, we got the king, the queen, uh, okay. the knights. What was the other one. Uh, I forgot what it was. Um, bishop. Okay. And the pawns.
2: Okay, That's, that sounds like all of them. And uh, can they can they do they move in different? Ways. Yeah, they move in different ways. Okay. How? Uh, the knight goes uh, like, like in, in
3: like L form. Okay. The king goes pretty much anywhere, but only one spot at a time. The queen can go anywhere on the chessboard. I think the bishop goes sideways, and then the,
2: the rooks just go up or left and right. Okay. I think that's about it. Uh, do they allow you to play chess in here at all? Yeah. And who do you get to play chess with?
3: Uh, my uh, my sight doctor.
2: Okay. And uh, are you able to? Uh, h- how do you do? Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. I think he's cheating something. <laughs> how do you mean? Huh? Either he always else. uses his queen. He always uses his queen. Yeah, he always uses his queen. What does that mean? I don't play chess, so. So
3: the queen is probably the most powerful piece on the board. So he uses that a lot, and he always gets me with it. Okay. And then we play Uno, <laughs> and I usually crack up jokes with him.
2: It's it's pretty fun. Okay. And which doctor is this? What's his name? Uh, Dr. K. How do you spell last name? Uh, K. You said.
3: Yeah, I call him Dr. K. I I don't I can't pronounce his full name.
2: Okay. Is he Dr. a treatment doctor here?
3: Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: that all sounds pretty right about the chess. Uh, we I feel like we're we're asking questions. Why do we care if he's playing chess and who he's playing it with?
0: <laughs> um. Well, I don't know anything about chess except for what I learned in the first episode of Queen's Gambit, so I learned nothing. <laughs> um, it's, I think it's about them seeing his thought processes. So when you play chess, it's a game of strategy and planning, and I think that's uh, where, you know, they're trying to see, you know, does he know how to play a few uh, a few steps ahead? Because we really know that he only planned the school shooting up until the shooting. I, we don't really think he thought after that. So then um, it's it, it become about voices. So I think it's them looking at what he sort of um, – Lied about to Curcio when he was saying, you know, oh, I didn't look into anything and I don't know. And yet we know he was looking at um at the Aurora Cinema shooting. Um, that he had looked at um the Combine Kids. He was playing Pumped Up Kicks, which is now in my head again. Um, you <laughs> know, and all of this planning that he did for months and months and months. So this is now teasing that out because this is now what we find out that Curcio didn't know that first night. So mm-hmm. um, it's it's about. Just seeing what he thought, and obviously he prefers to, prefers to play Uno, and I get that because I do too.
1: <laughs> well, as you said, it's all about planning. That's where Scott is taking the interview. As he next asks Cruz about planning the shooting.
2: And so you shared with me that you had this thought about shooting up the school. For uh, uh, a very long time. Uh, when did it first, and we talked about this earlier this morning, but when did the idea first pop in your mind or you first uh, think about it? 14 1413 age 13 or 14? Yeah. And what was it at age 13 or 14 again that this thought block came up? Was it when you no, were reading uh, the books that we were yeah, talking
3: about? Yeah, I was reading the books. Reading okay. Books.
2: Yeah. And uh, did it ever go away or did it kind of come and go? Uh, come
3: and go. Uh, pop up in my mind one time and just
2: disappear for the next. What seemed to make it come and what seemed to make it go? When
3: I saw a lot of violent
2: videos on YouTube. Okay. What kind of violent videos did uh, you see?
3: War videos.
2: Here in war videos. And did that make it more go up or more yeah, go down? It go up. Okay. And then I watched documentaries. Okay. What kind of documentaries?
3: A Columbine Massacre documentary. Right. Uh, I think it was 42 hours or something. Uh-huh. Uh, there was another Same thing but, but with uh, Virginia Tech.
2: With Virginia Tech? Yeah. yeah, Virginia
3: Tech. And there was one on Elliot Rogers.
2: Do you remember if you ever kind of searched out on the internet ways to, to do a school shooting? Yeah.
3: Did my own research.
2: Tell me what research you did.
3: I looked up on Wikipedia. I studied mass murderers and how they did it. Uh Like their plans and what they got and what they used.
2: And what did you learn from that kind of study?
3: Uh, I learned that the Columbine shooters, they had uh, three guns that they used. Uh, They used a high point 995, regular. They used a a double barrel shotgun cut down, pistol grip. Uh, they used another shotgun and they used a Tech-9, I learned that from there. I learned the uh, Virginia Tech shooter, uh, he had a tactical vest and he had two uh, pistols, uh, clock, clock nines I think, I can't remember. I don't remember what brand, but uh, he, he went to the gun range and he uh, sighted them in. Okay. And yeah. I learned about Aurora Borealis, a uh, guy Uses used a Smith & Wesson MP-15 Sport 2 and how I know he used use it. It doesn't even say on Wikipedia, but it actually shows the brand on, on police uh, documents.
2: Okay. And so you could figure it, you figured that out, yeah, figured what he used? Yeah. And what you said, Aurora Borealis?
3: Uh, movie uh, theater shooting in Colorado.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's always
1: interesting, isn't it, that um, this what leads violence, is it what you see that starts you on a violent low uh, road? or is it already within you? This guy went looking for information. It wasn't because he saw this information that made him a killer, Amanda. He went looking for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, all, all of his, his discussions there—all the violet films—you know—created this. That's a load of bullshit. Now, completely, I do talk about. I do talk about that. Um, they can entice you but they can't create you so as i always say i watched silence of the lambs and i wanted to be clarice darling someone else watched silence of the lambs and want to be buffalo bill i mean this is what happens and it's not because i i was a good person and wanted to go in this and they're a bad person that go into that it's how they see themselves so you know i look at columbine from a very different angle than what he he would look at it from you know and and that's what it is it's it's about what you select because that's what you want to see. You you look at what you um, want to have encouraged in your life. You know, if you want to get fit and healthy, well, then you watch fit and healthy things. If if you want to go dark and horrible, you go and watch things about the Holocaust and horrible things like that. It's about. As you said, it's about going looking for what you want that will encourage you. But this was this was his plan. He knew he was going to do this. This this wasn't created by him watching, um, you know, World War Two films. This is yep. what was in him. And I have to have a laugh because he caught the Aurora shooting, the Aurora Borealis shooting, and that just made me laugh a bit because that's <laughs> a bit stupid. But um, <laughs> that's just my humour. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh,
1: we like your humour. That's why we're here. All right. Scott further delves into what Cruz gained from his research and his responses are just horrifically real, knowing exactly that we know how the shooting played out.
2: So I'm talking about the days leading up oh. to the school shooting. You talked. You were talking. Yeah, I already
3: had the magazines. I had all the ammunition.
2: It was just there. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it was already there. It was already there. I just didn't have anything to do with it. So nothing special. You had to go out and buy it a couple days beforehand. Oh. Okay, you already had it. I already had it.
3: It's just the ammunition that I didn't have. So.
2: Okay. And so one thing is, you got you had this vest, and you put the ammo in. What else did you do?
3: Um, I put the gun in uh, in the, one of the the safety bags,
2: gun bags. Yeah, tell me what a safety bag looks like. Oops, I haven't seen uh, It kind
3: of looks like that right there.
2: Okay. See that red one? Yeah, yeah where'd you bad. put the gun in the safety bag? The night prior,
3: okay. right after I practiced a little bit, sighted in.
2: Yeah, and where'd you go to practice again? You told me. In, I just,
3: In the backyard. Pretend, in the backyard. Like Trying to imagine the recoil.
2: Yeah, that's right. That was at the Snead's house. I yeah. had a place outside you could do that. Yeah. And you, you said you're figuring out the recoil? Yeah. Recall, uh, recoil. Recoil. Um, okay. And so the night before, the gun went into the, the bag. And did anything else go into that bag? It was like a gun bag. What else? That's it. That's it? Yeah, just, just the gun. Just the gun.
3: And whatever was on the gun.
2: And what was on the gun? Um, a grip. Tactical grip. What's that?
3: It's like, I can draw it.
2: Okay, you're good at drawing.
3: Okay, and then give me the pen again. Absolutely. I'm going to show you, you all.
2: Yeah. Just tell me about what a technical grip is.
3: So I had a rail system on it. So it looked kind of different. And you can put a tactical grip on it. It's just a grip. So okay. you basically screw it into the gun.
2: What's the point of having... A dis- to keep it steady. Okay.
3: And then same thing with the bipod. The bipod kind of looked like that a little bit.
2: All right. But you don't... You, don't, you, you didn't use a bipod, did you? That was already on the gun. I it was think. already on yeah. it. Okay, and so I think
3: and yeah, that's about it. That was on the gun. Oh, and um what was it? The sling.
2: Okay, so what's the you can hand that, that Was the tactical grip already on the gun or did you put it on the night before or that was already on there for a while. On, for a while. And the sling was on there? Yeah, I just,
3: on? I just recently put on the bypod.
2: Okay. And so when you had this, the bipod was actually on the gun when you put it into the gun bag. Yeah. Okay. And so that's the night before. About what time of night are we talking about? Uh, well, early morning, really. Yeah. It might have. It might have even. Yeah, I didn't get any sleep. Okay. So this is on February the fourteenth, early morning. Eight, uh, eight. or nine. Eight or nine in the morning.
3: No, eight or nine. No, it was. No, it was. Five. Five thirty. No, okay. oh, five thirty. And I sighted in at around 12 o'clock in the
2: night. The night before? Like on the 13th or at midnight? Yeah, midnight, yeah. Tell me what sight it in means again. Sighting in? Yes, yeah, sighting uh, in. What does that mean? To get the bullet on target uh, where you want it to shoot at. OK. So I have to look
3: at the rear front sight and put the laser on top.
2: How long does it take to, to do that? Can I try? Again? Sure. Just I'm trying to it understand.
3: It? Yeah, I'm trying to make you understand.
2: Yeah, you can help
3: me. So there's like this. This is the front sight. This is what it looks like on the AR. So this is a rear sight, the circle thing, and this is the front sight. Okay. And you want to put the laser just a little bit right above it. That's your point of aim. And so this is what it kind of looks like when you're shooting a target. I like that.
2: Okay, how does that laser, how does the sight, how does that help you in your shooting?
3: shooting? Uh, so, when, it in, when it's in the gun, it's stabilized. Okay. So wherever the wherever the red dot goes is your point of aim. Because that's where the bullet's gonna come out. Okay. Out of the gun. And that's how you sight it in.
2: All right, it doesn't give it, does it help in any way with the shooting?
3: Uh, yeah, so right after you take it out, uh, put a bullet in and I actually fire, see if it actually shoots on. At where you just put, sight it in to target where the red dot is. Uh-huh. And there you go. Okay. All
2: right. All right, so that was the siding. How long does it take you to do the siding the night before? Uh, you told me earlier yesterday. I think it was about like 30, 30 minutes to an about hour. About 30 minutes? 30 minutes to an hour? Okay.
1: Um, he's not even trying to deny that he's the killer here and we know how true that all was this amanda isn't a person with schizophrenia or voices in his head he knew that the active shooter protocol as that final safety technique to keep kids at school or indeed anyone caught in a mass shooting anywhere isn't going to be effective he knew he had 20 minutes He began shooting at 2.21 p.m. He fled at 2.28 p.m. He killed 17 people. Guards, deputies and police in or around the school are told to stay at least 500 feet away at this point. As we heard over the radios during the shooting that we played uh, probably back in episode one, a few deputies do enter the school, though, at 2.32, but most of them, most of them assembled team do not enter until 3:11 p.m. that's almost an hour after the shooting began and 43 minutes after the shooting had stopped this is not going to save anyone
0: no it's not and and that's what that's what this comes down to they know they have to go in fire and get out if they want to escape if he wanted to go down suicide by cop he would have stayed. He wouldn't have cared yep. about that protocol. But, you know, the protocol failed. And as we heard and, and in our final episode, we will go through what happened to those guards. You know, they said, stay away. Don't come near it. This is an active shooter. They say it's an active shooter. And they still say, I'll oh, stay away from f- from Block 1200, which is where it yep. all, all went down. And, and, and Cruz knew that. This is him showing how he he wrote his list. He knew what he needed to do. He knew he had to keep to a time frame. He knew that that was the time that the kids are going to be coming out of classrooms. He knew to to, to do the fire alarm to to get the greatest maximum population of of kids there. The fact he only killed 17 is is quite surprising. And we have seen the footage of the kids in their classrooms and no one's coming for them. And this killer knows that no one is coming because no one goes in. We had that recently... probably a year or two ago now, where there was that primary school that was shot up, and one of the police officers there was a father of a child in that school, and they told him, no, it can't go in. Mm. And um, I just, it was supposed to, after Columbine, to save kids. You know, the fact that there are school shootings, that's a whole other argument, but we're talking about how they could have saved people and the yeah. fact that crews knew that this is what they should do and knew what, what that time gap is. He had done that much research. He knew, you know, go in, do this, you know, like an Ocean's Eleven kind of thing that he, he yeah. knew what, what he had to do and how to get out quickly. He knew by wearing his ROTC uniform he would blend in. You know, it's, 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 it's not, you know, some guy, uh, I don't know. It's 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 just so frustrating that, um, you know, and we've been working under this for months and it still gets me that they were told to stay away not go in and kill this guy.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, the interview skips again and Scott takes the conversation into the pre-planning of the shooting.
2: So, I'm talking about the days leading up oh. to the school shooting, you, talk, you were talking about... Yeah, I already had
3: the magazines, I had all the ammunition, it
2: was mm-hmm. just there. Was, so, it was already there? It was already there, I just didn't have anything to do with it. So, nothing special, you had to go out and buy it a couple of days beforehand? Oh. Okay, you already had it? I already had it. it, was just the ammunition that I didn't have, so... Okay, and so, one thing is you, got, you had this vest and you put the ammo in, what else did you do?
3: Um, I put the gun in, uh, in the, one of the, the safety bags, gun
2: bags. Yeah, tell me what a safety bag looks like. Oops, I haven't seen it kinda
3: looks like that right there.
2: Okay. See that red one? Yeah. Yeah, where'd you bad. put the gun in the safety bag? The night
3: prior, okay. right after I practiced a little bit, so I didn't.
2: Yeah, and where'd you go to practice again? You told me. In, I just
3: been back that Like trying to imagine the recoil.
2: Yeah, that's right. That was at the sneed's house. I yeah. had a place outside you could do that. Yeah. And you you said you're figuring out the recall? Yeah. Recall. Uh recoil. recoil. Um, okay. And so the night before, the gun went into the, the bag. And did anything else go into that bag? It was like a gun bag. What else? That's it. That's it. Yeah, just, the gun. just the gun.
3: And whatever was on the gun.
2: And what was on the gun? Um, a grip. Technical grip. What's that?
3: It's like, I can draw it.
2: Okay, you're good at drawing. There you
3: go. Okay, and then give me the gun again. Absolutely. I'm going to show you, all, you want a sec.
2: Yeah, just tell me about what a technical grip is.
3: So I had a rail system on it, so it looked kind of different. And you can put a tactical grip on it. It's just a grip. So okay. you basically screw it into the gun.
2: What's the point of having? A to
3: keep it steady. Okay. And then same thing with the bipod. The bipod kind of looked like that a little bit.
2: All right, but you, don't, you, don't, you didn't use a bipod, did you? That was already on the gun. I didn't it was think. already on it. Yeah. Okay. And so... I think.
3: And yeah, that's about it. That was on Yeah. Oh, and um, what was it? The sling.
2: Okay. So what's the... You can't do that, that Was the tactical grip already on the gun or did you put it on the night before or... I was already on there. They'd for a while. For a while. And the sling was on there? Yeah. I just,
3: on? I just recently put on the bipod.
2: Okay. And so, when you had this, the bipod was actually on the gun when you put it into the gun bag. Yeah. Okay. And so that's the night before. About what time of night are we talking about? Uh, well, early morning, really. Yeah. It might have. It might have even. Yeah, I didn't get any sleep. Okay. So this is on February the 14th, early morning. Eight. Uh, eight or nine. Eight or nine in the morning.
3: No, eight or nine. No, it was. No, it was. Five. Five thirty. Okay. No, five thirty. And I sight it in at around 12 o'clock in the night.
2: The night before? Like on the 13th or like midnight? Yeah, midnight, yeah. Tell me what sight it in means again. In. Yeah, sighting in? Yes, sighting in. What does that mean? To get the ball on target uh, where you want to shoot at. Okay.
3: So I have to look at the rear front sight and put the laser on top.
2: How long does it take to, to do that? Can I try again? Sure. Just I'm trying Was to it, understand.
3: It? Yeah, I'm trying to make you understand.
2: Yeah, you can help
3: me. Okay. So there's like this. This is the front sight. This is what it looks like on the AR. So this is the rear sight, the circle thing, and this is the front sight. Okay. And you want to put the laser just a little bit right above it. That's your point of aim. And so this is what it kind of looks like when you're shooting a target.
2: I like that. Okay. How does that laser, how does the sight, how does that help you in your shooting?
3: Uh, so. When, it in, when it's in the gun, it's stabilized. Okay. So wherever the wherever the red dot goes is your point of aim, because that's where the bullet's going to come out. Okay. Out of the gun, and that's how you sight it in.
2: All right. It does it give it? Does it help in any way with the shooting?
3: Uh, yeah. So right after you take it out, I uh, put a bullet in, and I actually fire see if it actually shoots on. Out where you just put, sight in to target where the red dot is. Uh
2: huh. Yeah, there you go. Okay. All right. All right, so that was the siding. How long does it take you to do the siding the night before? Uh, You told me earlier yesterday. I think it was about like 30 minutes to an hour. About 30 minutes. 30 minutes to an hour? Okay.
1: I have to say, Amanda, uh, this is such a different interview than the interrogation with Curcio, isn't it? Very different tone to it.
0: Yeah, it is, and and it's, it's more about him telling this psychiatrist, like, the things about the guns and how he prepped it and, and what he had to do to, to, to make sure that the sight was right, even though his gun did actually um, backfire the first shot he tried to do, so um, he, he hadn't planned that carefully. But, yeah, But um Scott is, is using words words like shooting and things like that, which we didn't hear Curcio say at all, and um, uh, Cruz isn't triggered by it. He isn't no. um, uh, concerned or... Or, or shying away from it he's showing exactly how he set up that kit bag the night before to know what he was going to go in and do
1: mm. it's information sharing in a way you know like he's just not afraid to be putting that information out there and saying exactly what happened he's at this stage take away the um the demons in his head which hasn't come up he's got no defense here he literally is just saying what happened and, and not even trying to pretend that it wasn't him. Um, look, Scott then asked Cruz about the clothing he wore. And again, Cruz's answer gives us further insight into the mind of a mass murderer.
2: The night before, you're out, you're at the Sneeds. Uh, uh, you're in the their backyard for 30 minutes to an hour with an AR-15 Come back. What are you even wearing the night before? Do you remember what you were wearing the night before?
3: My JRTC uh, polo shirt and uh, khaki pants.
2: Yeah. Why are you wearing your JRTC polo shirt?
3: Not uh, to disguise myself if I do go in. Okay. Because if I had all that beer on there, it would have called cops and held me up.
2: And then you're wearing khakis. Yeah. And were you wearing the same thing the night before as you were in the day off? or did y'all change clothes? Or? I changed clothes. Okay. Uh, I
3: was wearing before the day of the shooting. I was wearing a sweater. Uh, my plush shirt, oh. uh, my beanie.
2: This is the night before?
3: Yeah, like I told you I used to cover myself.
2: Yeah, we like, did. Yeah. So when did you put on the JRTC Polo shirt?
3: Um, probably around twelve o'clock at midnight after I sighted my rifle.
2: Okay. And again you put on that shirt because
3: uh to disguise myself so I don't draw attention.
2: Okay. Is is it I mean, you hadn't been there in a year or so, but is that kind of the the same shirt they have for the most part, you think?
3: Almost every kid in Jersey had that shirt.
2: Okay.
1: So there really is a lot of planning for a mass murderer, uh, probably more than I considered. Cruz had everything down and ready to go, even thinking about his clothes so he would blend in. As you said, Amanda, he planned everything right up until the shooting, planned it seemingly pretty well but didn't think about afterwards.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he probably thought it might have been likely that he, he would go down in, in gunfire, but, you know, we just heard, heard that he knew that that he had to get in and out because of how long this active shooter thing works. So, you know, and he knew that by wearing his ROTC uniform that people wouldn't look twice at him. Mm. Like, most of the kids, well, some of the kids would have known him because he did go to, go to that school. And even one of the security guards had said, Cruz is heading over, over to the 1200 block where the bag like you know he he could have been taken down well before that's why they have security guards there um you know but but yeah he he's, he's going into everything that that he packed that he had to get it all going we know that he he had pumped up kicks playing we know that he was looking at 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 violent um shootings to see how they'd all go down but yeah he 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 dumped the bags and everything as he left because obviously that would have made him stick out a bit mm. but you know he just he knew that he had to blend in. He knew he had to do this in a certain time. He had done all of that planning, you know. And and we think that these are crimes of passion, you know. It's it's, it's a re- rejected kid, but it's not. He had been planning this for a long time. Once he had his target, he was right to go.
1: You know. He also said he didn't sleep the night before. That makes a lot of sense. Um, you know. He's excited about what's coming. Uh, you know, I guess it's how mass Motor gets into the zone, but he's excited because he knows this major event that he's been planning for a long time is happening tomorrow
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And um, he, he prepped right up until that time. He had even asked JT to go and feed his dogs, you know, and that was something that that, that Zach said in, in the last episode. He said, you know, you're not, not going to see the dogs anymore, which was just something else that was heart, heartbreaking in, in that piece. But he had thought all of this. He had spoken to JT. He had sent things to the girl he liked. He, he, he was playing music. He was reading about shootings right up until the moment he got into that Uber Sent the last couple of SMSs and then walked into into that school ready to go. Regardless mm. of people saw him, he was ready to go and he was going to go and just shoot as much as he could in, in that senior block.
1: Well, next cruise is asked about his trip to the school in an Uber, particularly about the long bad he had with him. And again, he had the answers.
2: Where'd you sit in the car, the back seat? The yeah, back seat. Okay. And
3: I told her that I had a was it, uh, musical instruments, I was in the orchestra.
2: Okay. And how come you did that?
3: Uh to so I can uh get away with uh taking getting my guns in the car and okay. going to the school.
2: And what did she say to that?
3: Uh she said okay.
1: Why wouldn't she? He says he's in the orchestra. He really does have an answer to everything, doesn't he?
0: He does. And, you know, she she didn't even go, Oh, I don't know, you know, and, and I feel so sorry for her because she was sort of put into this horrible um event and just by doing her job, you know, it's mm. just it's just crazy. But yeah, he's he he seems to be, you know, charming and, and, and disarming that he could actually say, Oh yeah, you know, he had that answer before she said, What the hell's that? you know. Mm. She did not get the, the the hint that he was a um a school shooter she she sort of you know judged him as you know a kid in in the orchestra you know it, m- it makes perfect sense and unfortunately that 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 wasn't the truth but he was mm. ready with that answer in case she, he was asked
1: yeah and scott continues with Cruz's journey now he's arrived at school now what
2: once you get to school uh what's your next step
3: Walk through the gates. Hopefully, there's no security guards. Which I was wrong.
2: So, what what, I haven't been to that school. So, are there lots of gates, or how do you get it? How do you get to it? Three gates. Okay, and so where do they drop you off? The front gate of the school. Front gate, and so your is your backpack like sometimes you can wear a backpack like slump on your shoulder. Or it was in front. I think front. I was wearing it in the front. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And then what were you doing with the uh with the gun safe bag?
3: Well, I was walking.
2: Okay, and you're I think
3: south of Humburg Road.
2: Okay, you're walking with it, and you have the backpack kind of on one side. And then what happened?
3: I went through the gates. Uh, I looked at the guy. Was watching
2: me? Oh, there was a guy watching you. Yeah. Yeah. Was it that? Was yeah, it that I saw him
3: radioing, and I said, "Oh shit, I'm screwed." So I just ran into the building, and I, I told the kid to get out of here. I don't remember what I exactly said. But I said okay. something.
2: Was the guy that you know that you know you saw radioing, and you said, "Oh shit, I'm screwed"? Was it the remember we were talking about some other security guy? Was that this, that same guy? No, no, totally different one. Totally different. And so, what did you think when you saw him talking on the radio? What do you think that was about? I
3: thought he was gonna. I think he called uh, Scott Pearson.
2: Okay. And what would that mean if he did? Uh, Scott's parents was coming. Okay, and what would that mean for your your plan that day? Uh, To uh, shoot.
1: Okay, so Cruz didn't really answer what Dr. Scott was asking, did he? Scott wanted to know if he had to go quicker because the guard spotted him.
0: Yeah, and uh, like like I think he he wasn't understanding what what Scott was saying about that because, yeah, his plan was to go in and to shoot and he almost shied away from that answer but still gave it. But, yes, that's not what he was asking. But, you know, he would have known that he had to go faster. He he knew that he he had to get out quicker because he'd already been seen before he had had killed anyone. That's the important part, you know. Um, But you can literally hear his disappointment, you know. Um, But... At the same time, you know, this is a non-student with a big kit bag. Yeah. Why don't they just go out and see him then and there? They they are armed.
1: Well, they're armed and they are supposed to go and save lives, aren't they? You know, there's 17 people who didn't make it because of their inaction.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, he, he was spotted at 219.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: First responders were there at 232.
2: Now,
1: In the next episode, Dr. Cruz is going to talk about Cruz's escape and his time at McDonald's. Now, you might remember we watched that in a previous episode, what happened when he went to McDonald's and sat next to that student. We're going to find out Cruz's point of view about that in the next episode of Monsters Who Murder. And, Amanda, we're also going to start going into the trial.
0: Yes, we are, because it's fresh off off the press, so we've got a lot to go through. It's a lot of hours to watch, but I'm getting there.
1: (laughs) You are, you are. Well, that's all in the next episode of Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions, the McDonald's thing I'm really interested in especially because we heard the student talk about it so i can't wait to see that i'm rob mcknight she is the true crime author criminologist and most notably serial killer whisperer amanda we go to mcdonald's on next week's episode (laughs) (laughs) i
0: have to have some
1: (laughs) yes yeah that sounds good to me we'll see you next time
0: (laughs)